0: of famous people in the diary. Um, For example, Coleridge, Wordsworth. Um, Can you tell us a bit more about his connections with people um, that we now see as so famous?
1: You're absolutely right. Um, The people that that most people will recognise in the diary are people like Samuel Taylor Coleridge, William Wordsworth, these great romantic poets. Um, So Godwin is important for them uh, uh, because when he writes political justice in 1793, this is seen to be a, a great moment. Uh, there's a famous quote that, uh, uh, that Hazlitt writes about him, how Tom Paine is considered a, uh, a, f- a flashy sophist, or is that work? I can't remember which. Anyway, Godwin is seen as the epitome of rational thought, um, solid political principles on which you can build society. So people like words, or people like Coleridge flocked to, to, these, to, the, to him and to his ideas. People walked from Edinburgh to shake his hand. People came from Europe to meet him. And even in later life, people came from America to to meet him, very um, important writers like James Fenimore Cooper, uh, political figures like like John Adams. Uh, So he remains um, 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 a very recognized figure, even in in, in the period for which he's most famous for uh, the 1790s. now, what the diary tells us that isn't quite as, as apparent as this, this is uh, uh, relatively uh, common knowledge about the romantic period, but what, what the diary tells us about is their context later. So Coleridge and Wordsworth um, are, are, are a turn from Godwin. Uh, Wordsworth writes a very turgid play in 1796 called The Borders, and this is uh, generally seen as the first shift away from, from, from Gollum's ideas about rationality, some concerns about the lack of emphasis on emotions and feelings. Uh, and, and this, is of course, is all um, uh, indicative of a words with general sense and general concern and unease about, about the way the French Revolution had developed um, from, from its uh, blizzard was in stone to be alive moment uh, in 1789. But uh, well what the diary shows us is that even after this this turn, that Godwin and Wordsworth still meet. Godwin Coleridge still meet, and in fact, Godwin sees more of Wordsworths after this this the, his his period of infatuation with, with Godwin, um, and this this tells us something about Godwin's uh, status. There's an entry, for instance, uh, on the third of March, eighteen O eight. Uh, tea at Coleridge's with Wordsworth, Lamb, and De Quincey. So, you know, two generations of writers here, Coleridge and Wordsworth, still very much wanting Godwin to be part of their social circle. They talk, uh, Godwin describes their conversation, he says, talk of Greeks and Latins, Spencer, Milton. Uh, so, while there is this split, this turn from Godwin's political ideas, Godwin's status as a man of letters. As a man who made a valuable contribution to the world of literature, still seems to me to be very much um, um, part of, of the the, the urban uh, social milieu. However, I suppose we should also uh, think that the diary is. You're right. There are lots of famous people in the diary, but what we hope the diary will be will be much will will offer much more information about people who are less well known uh, and show how. Yes, contact with, between Godwin and Wordsworth is important and very, very informative, but other people at those meetings that, that are not quite as, as well known, um, uh, John Talwall is an example, although he has uh, gotten more attention recently, uh, but figures like that, uh, female uh, writers as well, that these people are very much uh, part of, of, of the literary uh, culture of the period.
0: And it's not just the literature. I mean, what's interesting is you can find James Mill and John Stuart Mill in the diary. Um, you can, f- so, uh, towards the end of Godwin's life. So there's political figures who are central to it, there are theatrical figures who are central to it, there are people involved in uh, painting in the arts. So he knows sculptors and artists from the beginning of the 1780s through till 1836. Um, One of his uh, uh, sort of major circles uh, in in his later life was an artist circle around Pickering and Martin, uh, which meant that he met all the landseers and uh, a whole host of kind of artists uh, and, you know, clearly was very much engaged with, um, with those kinds of people. Uh, so what you get from the diary isn't sort of, this is a political philosopher who writes novels and so he meets other political philosopher- philosophers and novelists. What you get is a sense that this is a man whom people recognise is central to the kind of l- the literary and political and social culture of London uh, in the period. Uh, and who allows us to map that culture in a way that no other diary for the period really does.
1: It's also worth noting that that Godwin is, yes, he's very much a figure of the Romantic period, but the diary does go on to 1836, so this is just uh, teetering on the edge of the Victorian period. And in the later years, Godwin is still uh, very much moving in in important circles. There are figures there. I've mentioned James Fenimore Cooper, but there are also, uh, for instance, Lady Catherine, uh, Stepney, who's a, a later Silver Fork Victorian novelist, Charles Babbage, uh, and all sorts of people that, that emerge in the Victorian period. So Golden is still, in his late 70s, um, uh, moving these circles, people are listening to him, people want to hear his, his conversation, his thoughts, his ideas.
0: There seem to be a lot of entries that have NAH or NIT or NA next to them. What does this mean and what could it, does it tell us about Godwin's visiting? So uh, NAH means not at home, uh, NIT means not in town, uh, NA means not available. Um, now. In Political Justice, Godwin has a section on the mode of excluding visitors uh, where he complains about the way in which rich people, when you go and call them, tell their servants to tell the person calling on them that they're not not at home uh, because they don't want to see them. Godwin thinks this is a terrible kind of practice uh, and that it corrupts the servant because you are persuading him to tell lies and so on and so forth. But it's clear that Godwin's circles uh, are ones in which people are constantly calling on on each other. Uh, And Godwin himself doesn't accept calls, for the most part, between breakfast uh, and dinner time. He he worked for three or four hours in the morning. Uh, That was all he worked for. And when he was writing Political Justice, he started getting fainting spells, so he had to cut back a bit. but he would work very hard in the morning and then in the afternoon he would go out and visit. Uh, And when you visited, if somebody, I mean, there are a whole set of conventions about visiting. Sometimes you would just visit to leave a card, which is not something that Godwin tended to do as far as we can tell, but which people would do for him. They would call on him, leaving a card, knowing that he was in, but not wanting to see him. so there are, you get this kind of bizarre rituals of visitings that are kind of central to a lot of kind of late 18th and early 19th century life. Uh, and it, what you have to do with the diary is try and work out how far the people that he's putting NAH and NIT next to are people who are effectively rebutting him and saying they don't want to see him and how far this is just the accidents of them being out calling on somebody else. Uh, but it makes for an added le- level of complexity, uh, but also an added level of insight into you know, the, the difficulties of negotiating social relations in uh, the late 18th century. I mean, the, perhaps the biggest thing you know, that we don't kind of recognise is that if Godwin went to um, the bookseller de Bretz, for example, who's a leading bookseller for the Wicks, uh, He would talk to anybody who was there, and that might include Lord X or Lord Y and so on. So if he met them in the street the following day, then for the most part, they wouldn't expect him to address them. Uh, What you do in one space is not what you do in a public space. Um, So these issues of, you know, uh, when Godwin writes meet rather than see or... ADV, there are underlying complexities of status, status differentials and, and how far you can uh, approach people that you've, um, me- you've talked to in other contexts, in the, uh, public contexts.
1: And also thinking about that, I mean, one, one example that might be useful for people to think about is, is that of Richard Brinsley Sheridan. Now, Sheridan was an MP, a very prominent opposition MP, uh, and he was also manager of Drury Lane Theatre. In the 1780s, <coughs> Sheridan is socialising with Godwin, he's championing Godwin, he wants Godwin uh, to write political journalism for him. This, this is Godwin's uh, ascension, uh, effectively. Uh, so Sheridan was very much uh, courting Godwin, I think. Uh, however, by the late 1790s, uh, it's 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 working the other way around. You can see this in the diary. Godwin is calling on Sheridan, he's not at home because Godwin's got a play and he's trying to get Sheridan to stick it on. And Sheridan <laughs> does not hear anything about it. Um, uh, so, so I mean the point you're making about you're making Mark about about mapping relationships is really interesting. Uh, and, and, and this is where we need, I think, the kind of contextual support of the letters to help help make sense of make sense of these diaries. I think it's also probably worth saying, uh, thinking back to that section in, in political justice, that uh, is, it, it, am I right in remembering that uh, what Godwin advocates instead of, of this, this um, dissembling, is you come down and say, I just don't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> and this is his this is candor, this is sincerity, and these are, these are central tenets to Godwin's political philosophy, his belief that we, we should be very, um, rational with each other, we should be very sincere, we should tell each other exactly what we think. As you can yeah. imagine, uh, this is rather difficult to put into practice. And
0: he's certainly not alone. So Jeremy Bentham refused to see anybody who called on him without an appointment. He uh, could, could be the king and he wouldn't see him. Uh, you know, and Bentham, uh, in many respects, was even more eccentric than Godwin in, in, in some of these things. So uh, I think it's Madame de Staal who tries to call on ben- Bentham. Uh, and you know, he won't have any, any any of it. He just sort of, you know, you've got an appointment, I'll see you. If you haven't got an appointment, go away. <laughs> um, there's an entry in the diary um, about casualty. Um, what 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 is this? What does it mean? What's he talking about? So it's the nineteenth of April seventeen ninety-five, and he the entry reads something like this. Write two pages, Virgil, Geo one twenty-four. Gorgix, ECL 10, the Eclogues, Smith Breakfasts, Call on Macintosh, NAH, Casualty, Dine at Holcrofts, abbreviated, with Mary and AA, ADV Hazlitz. So Casualty just drops into the conversation, uh, or drops into the diary, um, in a very kind of unexplained way. It becomes clear when you look at the newspapers uh, that there's a report in, I think it's the Morning Chronicle, uh, two days later, describing how Godwin had been walking, lost in thought, uh, I think in Oxford Street, and had been rode over by a man on a horse. That is, somebody had just simply kind of knocked him flying um, because he'd been lost in thought and the, uh, the horse was sort of carrying on its way. Uh, He was a bit knocked about, he had sort of bruises to his face and to his kind of body, Uh, but he wasn't kind of seriously hurt. What I think is interesting though about the occasion is it draws our attention to the street in the diary in a way that, you know, we tend not to think of. Um, I mean, Godwin was a walker. He walked huge distances. Um, From about 1792, he was going to uh, Sunday dinners at John Horne Took's, uh, who lived in Wimbledon. And he would walk from from basically around St Pancras through to Wimbledon to go to dinner and then walk home again. Uh, In fact, later in life, he timed himself, to, and was quite impressed by how quickly he'd managed to do the kind of the journey. And it wasn't... I mean, his walking wasn't unusual. I think it's Thomas Ogle who describes meeting Holcroft uh, and having a conversation about immortality. Uh, and uh, Ogle says, well, you know, uh, how can you become immortal? What happens if a tree falls on you? And uh, Holcroft said. You'd learn to avoid that. You know, trees wouldn't fall in the future. Um, and then he says Holcroft set off at something like a 60 degree angle at about 5 miles an hour uh, at this kind of furious pace. And the expectation, you know, or the, the Ogle's sort of sense was that this was kind of Holcroft in, in motion. Lots of them were very, very keen walkers. They, that's how they, they, they traversed London. It's how they traversed the country. One of their friends was a man called Walking Stewart, uh, who had walked all the way to Afghanistan, to, I think even to India, uh, and again, was notorious for sort of these tremendous kind of distances kind of traveled. So although it's only a little kind of snippet casualty in there, it, 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 it reminds us that these are walking people. Uh, and that walking was part of their general sense that if you train the body in this way, uh, if you make it perform in this way, it will get better and better at performing in that way. Um, you're not going to wear it out. There was no expectation that you know, doing this kind of stuff would, would lead to, to sort of uh, injury and, and so on. The expectation was precisely the reverse. The more you, you know, concentrate your activities in these kinds of ways, the more disciplined you become, the more you can do, more of it, uh, and that's part of the doctrine of Im- immortality, the doctrine of perfectibility that comes out in Godwin's political writings.
1: And it's also, I think, an indication of your your politics. It can be read as that yeah. uh, uh, Godwin walks uh, to Horntooks, as as Mark has mentioned, uh, and but he also walks to the Hulks at Woolwich, where there are radicals. Uh, being held before uh, transportation. So these are eight-mile walks uh, to to Woolwich from where he is at that time, eight miles back, in December. Um, So this is a real uh, expression of solidarity. Uh, uh, So walking is uh, something that we can get some sense of from the diary because he records going, calling somewhere first and then somewhere else and then uh, ending up in the theatre, for instance. So you can, you can trace these vectors across London. And what's interesting about this is that you can see, if you, if you, if you had the time to carry out um, sophisticated analysis, you can see who he's calling into in uh, 1794, and then in 1798 he walks past their house and doesn't call in. Uh, so again, uh, what, what's unsaid in the diary, what you can track from his, from his physical movements against the words on the page, um, could be another level,
0: another layer of, of information that, we can, that the diary can offer us about, about the period.